Hello there and welcome back to the Long Live Rock and Roll podcast with your hosts Laz Michaelides and Felipe Amrim on the screen opposite me. How you doing bro? Oh good man. Good as usual, everything okay? Yeah man, everything okay. Busy as usual. Good, good. That's always good to be busy, isn't it? It is. <laughs> when you're self-employed, yes. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a bit of a curse to be uh, not busy if you're self-employed, isn't it? Yeah. How's <laughs> life in the country? Fine as usual, yeah, no problem. You know when you say life in the country, I always look out to the field. I just feel <laughs> it's natural. It's like, you know, what's going on in the field? Why? Because I'm in the country. Anyway, um, but yeah, we are going to crack on today um, because the last episode you guys heard was us doing our incredibly unique and different and unusual um one song analysis of the episode we did the american pie by don mclean the full song we broke down the lyrics we broke down the meaning we broke down the the cultural significance um and it was a great episode wasn't it it was amazing it's the first time we did uh one song only and he had to be like this isn't it because it's like (laughs) that song contains so much information the lyrics uh specifically they they have so much information and so much meaning and it's and the interpretation is so open as well it can you know it could be about many different things and we try to get as many different angles as possible but um we knew that that song was worth worth of an episode not like not just a a part of an episode yeah, it would be impossible to do yeah, yeah. No, it would right. be impossible to do that song and the rest of the album so Imagine- yeah, and, and it's actually interesting now to to continue with the album because the, the rest of the album uh has nothing to do with that song in my opinion yeah well yeah i mean there's parts which i think you know lyrically and and thematically we can sort of link together but you're right in terms of celebrating or um observing the cultural breakdown of America over a decade, none of the songs come close, do they? Um, but let's let's get straight on to it. So I think I did the album details in the last episode, but I'll do them again. Uh, so the name, for those who, I know we haven't officially said it, this, we're, this is going to be a continuation. We're going to do the rest of the American Pie album. Um, so the name is American Pie by Don McLean, released on October 24th, 1971, recorded between May and June of the same year, recorded in the record plant in New York City, clocking in at 36 and a half minutes. It is a folk rock slash folk album produced by Ed Freeman. Um, we, we've said the point of the episode, obviously, is to go straight and do the rest of the songs. But is there anything you did want to say about American Pie, having done that thing two weeks ago, any other bits you had to thought, think about or any new thoughts well, come to your mind? I think it's really um, relevant that he, well, the, it was a number one album. That's a, that's a big thing, you know, yeah. and it was his second album. Mm-hmm. So there was a certain pressure from the label to do it uh, as quickly as possible because the first album was doing all right. Uh, he was a support act for Steppenwolf so it's a completely different kind of music <laughs> so because he was like not that famous and um, and the first album did well so he was starting to climb the ladder of you know rock and roll stardom but it's just like he felt like he wasn't really part of it like how yeah. can you be a support act from hard rock band if your music is way too folk but you're not folk enough to be a folk artist so yeah. i think uh uh norman clan was in a in a in a uh difficult position musically by the time the the album was released because he he still had something to prove he needed a great album and uh yeah so that's that's what i think uh, uh it that's the the um context in which the album was released so 
Yeah, and uh, he, he went gold in six months and uh, stayed wow. one year on the charts. And it's like incredible. If you Big, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a good point you said. I mean, sort of looking at the context musically of what you had to deliver for the label and everything. But in terms of personal context, I want to draw a bit on that because there's some really interesting stuff. Um, so in 1969, he got married as he was very, very lonely. These are his words, I believe. He was very lonely, and so he got married. And he didn't, I don't think he thought straight away that this was the right relationship for him. But because of his loneliness, because of his sadness, he did get married. Come back to that later, I'm sure, with some of the song lyrics. Um, now, musically, he was influenced by quite a few bands and acts. So he spoke particularly, I saw an interview with him where he he really loved the old jazz singers. He was influenced by Nat King Cole, Frank, Frank Sinatra and Ella Fitzgerald. But in particular, he was influenced by their slow, their, their slower songs and the way that they expressed themselves through singing slow songs. And I find that interesting that he takes from three jazz singers uh, an influence of singing, but only only slower songs, which I found quite unusual. We'll see if we can draw on that later. Um, he was also influenced by a band called The Weavers, who uh, I'm not entirely sure they're like a 50s uh, act. Um, and he called them and he got to know about the band by chatting to them on the phone. Because in those days in America, all you had to do was look up in the phone book the name of the of the musicians and you'd be connected. And so this is what he did. He phoned them and he had some conversations with them. Um, he also wrote to country artist Pete Seeger because he was very interested in the lyrical content of Pete Seeger's music. And in particular, he wrote to him and said, Pete, why do you support communism? And Pete Seeger replied back, and between them, they opened up a dialogue, and then they became friends. And then Don McLean became Pete Seeger's guitarist. Oh, wow. He was like a protege. He was like Pete Seeger's, you know, 2.0 in training. Um, and then, so that, that's how Don McLean got involved in the music industry, by playing with Pete Seeger. But I just found that so cool that he wrote a letter saying, hold on. Let's talk, yeah, let's talk what, about why politics. Are your, what, why are your politics like this? You know, talk to me. And isn't it great because, you know, we see so much division nowadays in politics uh, and throughout the world. And, you know, there, there's a big argument here. You know, we are a music podcast, not a, not a political podcast, so we won't go too deep. But there's an argument that the governments want us arguing between ourselves. You know, they want the Democrats and the Republicans arguing. They want the Conservatives and the Labour arguing. But regardless, there is so much argument and division because of politics these days that I really love that that was just a scenario where the guy went, hold on, I, d I don't agree with you. Why, why, do you. why do you support this? And the guy saying, well, just because I do, because of this reason and that reason, let's be friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and isn't isn't this one of the most important things about music and art? Is this this uh, uh, amazing connection that music builds between people like it's, it's just all right i can have a difficult uh, uh sorry i can have a different political view than someone else but we might like the same artists yeah, <laughs> yeah. or i might even enjoy a band or a singer that is expressing in their lyrics a political view that i do not agree with but i love the bass line yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so that kind of stuff so the thing about music is it, it's meant yeah uh, I, I agree with you, although we keep saying, oh, yes, let's, let's not talk, you know, um, politics or religion or whatever. But in the end of the day, music is about all of that. And I just think there's there's a room for for for, ev for everything in music. There is there is uh, uh, 
endless possibilities of topics to talk about and nothing should be avoided if you want to talk about something. I mean, especially if you're playing uh, rock music, you should be able to say whatever you want to say. But what you're saying about these guys having a conversation like, wait a minute, uh, you you have a a certain view that I don't understand. Can we talk about it? Also, can we be friends, even if it's not the same thing that I I believe, whatever. And I think that's uh, it's kind of missing nowadays, sadly, uh, you know, people take different uh, uh, views and they think everyone who thinks in a different way is an enemy. Uh, so why not use music uh, as a um, as a um, conversation starter? So you can you, yeah, you can exactly. find whatever you like. There is the same for for uh, uh, for the other person. So uh, connecting this to to to, to the album, um, there is a lot of uh, history, politics, religion all of that in his music. Mm. Don McLean was was talking about life and all aspects of it. So he's all of that music. is, yeah. yeah, so his music is influenced by the whole scenario and, the, and everything that was going on in America at the time he wrote the songs. What I believe is different, different from the second song onwards is I think he put so much effort into American Pie and he wanted the song to be about a whole decade of history and music and it's so deep and so i don't know serious in a certain yeah. way it's not it's not a song it's a song that makes me think it's not a song that makes me want to dance yeah you know? so uh, yeah. although there's you know it's it's kind of up tempo some at some points but little bits of humor as we discussed last week yes exactly one, but, one line or two lines of humor yeah but one thing i i felt like after arranging that song with so many uh, tempo changes, so many variations in different parts, I think he wanted the rest of, probably, I don't know, just guessing, he wanted the rest of the album to be simple and straight to the point. That's how I feel about it. All the other songs are a lot shorter than American Pie. American Pie is like eight minutes, you know, yeah. uh, over eight minutes, isn't it? And there's loads of two and a half minute songs in the album. So they're really short, straight to the point. And, uh, and the arrangements are quite, I don't know, empty. Can I use that? I mean, that word. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It's really, you know, really, really empty in a certain way. They're not as busy as American Pie. And they're not, they're not full of unpredictable parts, isn't it? Even, even the other, even the other up-tempo song on the album, um, what's it called? Everybody loves me, baby. It's still much sparser, much more empty than American Pie, isn't it? I mean, you've got that yeah. lovely kind of rockabilly mixed with rock and roll sounding thing. Um, I think I read that where, or I was watching the um, the classic albums version um, or the classic albums episode of this album, and they said that they wanted. I think it was this song that they wanted. It's purposefully sloppy because they wanted it to sound like they were having a party. Everybody loves me, baby. So they were like, you know. You know, I was uh, you know the the, the basis like was I in time? Uh, don't worry, like, it's okay. We we want it sloppy. <laughs> we want to have it like a party. Um, but as the only other up tempo song on the album, uh, it doesn't it doesn't meet the standards of American Pie, obviously. But then again, what does? Um, but it's just a simple rock and roll tune, isn't it? Nice simple country it rockabilly. It is. I mean, uh, it's interesting. Like um, I love that we we can just um, pick in a song and start from it because, like as you've mentioned, as one. Uh, I've got to say there is it does remind me of Bob Dylan. Okay. The yeah. vocals, like the, the 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 melody, the simplicity of the melody. And it's it, it's kind of folk vocals with rock and roll arrangements. That's yeah. how I felt about it. And, and an interesting thing is it, it 
that song shows you that he is a he's a rock and roll musician because it's not folk enough to be considered folk. That's that's yeah. really uh, what I believe. He's a rock and roll artist, and that comes the contradiction. You're a rock and roll artist, and you have I wouldn't say two one and a half up tempo songs in the album, right? Because this song yeah. is entirely up tempo, yeah. very rocky. But um, American Pie is parts of it up tempo, parts of it are slow. Yeah, so but, you yeah, have yeah, literally yeah, the amount of it that's up tempo counts as about the whole song, doesn't it? Six okay, minutes. yeah. So let's consider. <laughs> let's so say two. Let's say two up tempo songs. <laughs> so you have two out of uh, nine songs. Yeah, nine songs. Two out of nine songs that are actually rock and roll enough to yeah. to to you know make your album be uh, labeled as rock and roll. But what else? What else? Uh, uh, can he be like? What what kind of music could you associate with him? What kind of if you have to pick one genre to describe his music, it can't be anything other than rock and roll. I mean, other mm. than rock music, right? Do you mean in the broader sense? Because in the broader sense, people, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. If you have to pick one, like, yeah, you know, are you a folk artist, pop artist, country artist, or for me, that's rock music because because of that freedom that we keep talking about because of the uh, uh, the variety of styles in and 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 the whole album, even though the songs are slow. You know, well, there's lots of uh, uh, prog rock bands I have that mainly uh, uh, they write mainly uh, slow songs. You know, so yeah. so uh, yeah. So I don't think I don't think to be a rock album, it has to be heavy and fast. You know. Yeah. No, of course. Yeah. Um, I think sticking with the 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 non-slow ones because I think there'll be quite a theme going with the slow ones, which yeah. you might go, which you might get into altogether. Yeah. The next song I want to talk about, um, well, I suppose Sister Fatima is kind of part of that slow, slow group of them. Um, what did you think of the song Babylon? Um, quite interesting. I Very think it's the one that I found the hardest one to understand. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, your head around. yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, there's, there's more layers of instruments and vocals. Than, than usually in the rest of the album. And it's, uh, it's taken from the Bibles, you know, like partially or entirely, partially or entirely. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's a phrase. It's a, it's a passage from uh, the Bible from, I had it written down, Psalms. Psalms. Yes. Yeah, write that down. It's a Psalm. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, and it's an arrangement, which I found actually, you know, his, his name. Now I think, I think in the episode I watched, he did, he did, um, he did speak to his Irish heritage because Don McLean is quite an Irish name, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and this could be an Irish folk song, couldn't it? Just the yeah. way the melody goes and the yeah. sort of banjo that's going at the start of it, even yeah. though it does have that hint of Arabicness, you know, oh, oh, you know, you can hear sort of Celtic vibes there, but as well, just got that little sort of the 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 Arabian movement of the melody, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's more. Yeah, it's, it's probably for me it was slightly harder to digest in a certain way. So it's like I found it more complex, not as complex as American Pie, but more than the rest of the album. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful melody, and 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 uh, yeah, great idea to take that you know part of the Bible and put it and turn it into, into music. I think sounds sounds beautiful. sounds amazing. It feels and, like an uh, album closer, doesn't it? Like very it odd. Unusual. The way that American Pie was so different to the rest of the album, the closer is also quite different, isn't it? Yeah. 
yeah i think yeah uh and again the freedom of choosing any topic because american pie is uh it does cover a certain period of history right although there's a lot of there's a lot into it is kind of limited to a certain uh period of american history well, yeah, the end of the 50s into the start of the 70s yeah and the other ones, uh, there's the rest of the album. There's loads about love relationships and uh, feeling like you don't belong, you know, uh, to, in in this world or whatever. Yeah. Which which are, are, are topics that might be more universal. Yeah. You know. Should we get into them? Why not? Yes. Yeah. Do, do, yes. do you want to start? I mean, because you see, yeah, like, I, I would. Kind of yeah, lyrical I would, analysis. So go on, kick us yeah, off. Yeah, I, I do think like well, um, so it, it's 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 an album. We we. Definitely have to talk about all of them. So yep. the second song, Till Tomorrow, um, it feels like it's about an impossible love. You know, it's not meant to happen. Are we ever going to make it happen? And you have that fingerstyle guitar, like slow, and the whole instrumentation of that song is very subtle. Yeah. It feels to me, and that, that's something that happens in the song, but in most of the album, it feels to me like the instrumentation is just enough. It's like he didn't want anything to get in the way of the vocals. That's that's, that's really, how I feel like it. Well, that's really funny you say that because when I was watching the Classic Albums documentary, the producer, Ed Freeman, said, do you know what? I was pushing and pushing and pushing to put more instruments on, uh, especially song, you know, the songs like Till Tomorrow and Vincent. I was pushing to get the strings to come in earlier. I was pushing to have the marimba come in sooner and to, to be louder. But Don was the one who said, let's calm it down. And it's paid off, hasn't it? Because especially in the song Till Tomorrow, this is what I wrote about it. Um, the marimba, which for anyone who doesn't know, the marimba is a percussion a melodic percussion instrument, uh, almost a bit like a xylophone. So it's massive wooden keys and you play it with like, are they, are they called mallets? Is that it? The mallets with the soft? Yes, mallets. Yeah, you play them with mallets and you'll hear it coming in at the end of Till Tomorrow. The marimba, it plays such a huge, but also quite an understated part because it provides uh, another unusual texture, but it brings balance and it brings an atmosphere, an atmospheric dynamic to contrast the simplicity of the normal acoustic and vocals because you've had that for the whole song and it's very simple. And then if you bring in something like a string section, it almost takes the song to a level that wouldn't seem appropriate because the whole song has been acoustic guitar and vocals. So bringing in orchestral classical music, it's like, okay, well now we're taking this song to a different level. Whereas this, to keep it subtle, to keep it understated, they just brought in that little, you know, the little marimba see, pop. Yeah. It's just so beautifully it. done, isn't it? Sometimes an instrument would appear in a song in this album just to play a short phrase and then that's it. Yeah. And I think that um, simplicity in music and music production is really, really hard to achieve. Yeah. Because you might end up sounding just and empty. You've just said it. Empty, empty. Yeah. yeah. But it's it, there's an emptiness to to this album that is intentional and and well done. It's not like oh yeah, we're just being lazy with arrangements. No, no. They want. Yeah. They tried stuff and they ended up choosing only what is strictly necessary to yeah. enhance the, 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 the message in the song. That's, that's how I, that's how I feel about most of the album, if not all of it. Well, there's two uh, quotes. With American Pie is more like this, like an epic kind of yeah. want it to be full on. 
yeah, uh, the and the rest of the album is like, you know what? I even feel like if you remove everything from the album, not not talking about the 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 first song, talking about everything but American Pie. Uh, if you remove every single instrument and leave acoustic guitar and vocals, it would still be a great album. And that's not something you can say about many rock albums out there. No, you, you, you're right about that. I completely agree. Um, th- there's two quotes that I want to say regards to this. The first one is an obvious one. It's quality, not quantity. So it's not yeah. the amount of instruments you put in. It's the quality of the ones you do keep in. Yeah. And my favourite quote in all of music, um, which I've said quite a few times on this show, and I'll say again, I suppose it's still kind of, it still applies. It's not the notes you play, it's the space you leave. Yeah. And I mean, and I mean that's that, that that same principle applies for production, because as you said, you can just put. Imagine, I mean, bro, we've both we we've both produced albums. We've been in studios when bands have been recording. We've recorded in studios, yeah. and you know the temptation to sit there and say, "Oh, well, maybe we should just harmonize that melody with another guitar line. Maybe maybe we should just add another layer of guitar." Because yeah. the temptation's there. Because when you're in the studio and when you're listening, you think, "Oh yeah, let's make this sound bigger. Let's get this bigger." But sometimes, as we've just said, less is more, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And and, and if you keep adding layers, uh, you might might end up with. It's like writing a a five hundred page book that could have been a fifty page book. So you might end up having less readers or 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 not attracting the 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 attention of enough people, you know. So he he made it in a way that the album communicates with with the with common people, right? Mm. Well that's what I that's what about I believe. that. Yeah no, sorry did you we gonna say something else? Oh, that, that, that's that's how I feel about it. I don't yeah. you know, I don't know if that was the intention. But probably. well talking about communicating with normal people and um and getting the message through I want to talk about the song Empty Chairs which is probably my oh. third favorite song on the album um spoiler alert my first favorite is american pie my second one is vincent and my third one is empty chairs um so empty chairs is a song about loneliness and somebody leaving someone else uh empty clothes hanging on empty chairs it's very sorrowful it's very melancholy it's very you know it's mourning a relationship now the effect this song has had on people is absolutely crazy have you read about this by the way no no No. so there was an American singer-songwriter called Laurie Lieberman, and she was on this documentary, and she said that when she saw, it was complete coincidence, she went and saw Don McLean. Her, her friend was saying, oh, let's go, you know, I've, I've got tickets, we're going to go to a bar tonight, I've got tickets to see this guy. And she was like, oh, I don't really fancy, I've just, I've just, and she just broke up with her boyfriend. She was like, I don't fancy it. And her friend said, no, come on, come on, we've got to do this, let's get you out of the house, whatever. She went and saw Don McLean and Don McLean played Empty Chairs. And she said she has never felt so connected, excuse me, she has never felt so connected with another human being that she did not know through a form of art. And so she, 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 because she said it was like he was narrating her life at that moment. And this song and this piece of music and his performance touched her in such a way that she went and wrote a song called Killing me softly with his song. Oh which then, my God, that's you know the song, yeah. And then, so that was her. She wrote it, and then it went on to be to be covered by uh, the Fugees, I believe, and another the singer from the Fugees. I can't remember her name. As usual, guys, any song we mention, as well as the rest of the album, will be in the playlist in the show notes. So go and check it out, so that when we mention a song, you can listen to it. Um, but I just thought that's amazing. You know, American Pie has touched me. 
because although I'm not American, I love the message and the narration. I'm talking about the song here. I love the message and the narration and this very simplistic yet ambiguous description of America in that 10 year period. So it's touched me. But for the music to touch this lady so much that she's gone and written a song about it, and the song about the song has gone on to become famous, because then the lady from the Fugees heard Laurie singing it and said, my God, you know, that that is a song, you know, I can feel you've written this song from the heart. And so it's like a chain reaction of songs being written. Wow, just brilliant. It is is beautiful. Like your your music is capable of, of touching someone to that level, uh, they want to write about your music. They want to write about you. That's that's just absolutely beautiful. That's a, sorry. Um, the, the 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 lady was Roberta Flack. Okay. Oh yeah. That's the one. Yeah. yeah so I'll put both of those in the playlist. Great. Yeah. Please do. Yeah. And uh, uh, any anything else about empty chairs? Because I think um, I just I just love the melody. There's something. Um, yeah. There, there's something about the song for me. I, I love like that line. I never understood that. Although you've said you'd go. Until you did, I never thought you would. Yeah. It's such a common yeah. thing, like taking yeah. someone for granted. granted. And then you think, well, that person, oh, they're never going to go, are they? So and it's such a simple thing. I think everyone has been through that at some point in their lives. That's where, you know, he, he really, that's how he really connects with common people, is that kind of feelings that all of us might have had uh, at some point in our lives, but not everyone can put them in words uh so clearly and mm. so poetic like like this so it's just yeah it's it's beautiful it, it, it's sad it's like it's really sad i think yeah. uh, um it's i i i think there's a lot of sadness in the album and i've mentioned this on on the um uh on the previous episode we did that i watched an, an interview with him in which it says he believes um artists have to feel pain they can't try to escape from pain you need to feel pain and sadness in in order to produce your art so you need to suffer in a certain way so that's it's quite uh deep you know uh uh, it's i guess you can't avoid it if you want to be an artist and i think it makes it it made perfect sense to me when when i saw him saying that so yeah well another example of suffering that i at least i feel it's suffering on this album would be the uh, track three, Vincent, which oh, is unusual because how, how many um, how many albums uh, could we talk about where the two lead singles and the two most famous songs from the album are dedicated to other artists? Not many. Yeah, Not many. Isn't it? Yeah, American, American Pie, Pie dedicated to Buddy Holly, Buddy and Holly. then Vincent, which is dedicated to the uh, painter Vincent Van Gogh. Um, now this song, I yeah. just it's it. it it's like American Pie. It's touched me in a way. So, so let, let me say another quick thing about American Pie. Even though I'm not American, even though I'm only 28 years old, and I, I didn't, I, I, I never, I never, I never lived through that. I'm, I'm not American. I didn't live in. Well, I did live in America, but again, that was in late 90s. I never had any, um, any, any connection to America in that 10 year period that he's talking about. I had n- I had nothing, no connection to it. Yet after hearing American Pie, I'm feeling sorry. I'm feeling like I've lost out on those yeah. years. And the same way he's talking about Vincent Van Gogh in this song, I feel emotionally connected to the song. He, it's, it's, it's such a beautiful, heartfelt song. 
And it really feels like he's really putting into words and, and music, obviously, how he believed Vincent was suffering in in the years of his life. And, and, it makes and you feel for Vincent, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's like and clearly saying that like the the, the world wasn't prepared for him. And like Vincent was so let's say ahead of his time and yeah. so uh, uh deeply connected with art that that people would not understand him maybe yeah. not even after he died so it's it's sad and it's beautiful i think uh, so he wrote the song after reading a book about vangel written by his brother and uh, oh, really? and then his, he had his the idea wrote the book uh, no, uh, vangel's uh, brother oh <laughs> Yeah, I think that's I thought it. I thought Don McLean's brother. Well, that's odd. Yeah, I think it? I didn't explain. I didn't like say. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> say Sorry clearly, yeah. So he he's a uh, he is he read the book and he had the idea for the song, and so so he he here's one quote from from him in from an interview. Uh, I took his most famous painting and used the colors and the energy and the forms and everything to try to grab hold of what I perceived. To be his essence as a human being. Brilliant. See, how well, beautiful is it? Not, not his essence as an artist. His essence as, as a, a human. I want to add one quote from another interview to the quote you've just said. Uh, or I'm, I'm, I'm surmising his quote. Don McLean wanted, uh, so when he, when he wrote this song, he was looking at the painting of uh, Starry Night by Vincent, obviously. Um, and he wanted to let his imagination and musical ability take him. As you've said, he wanted a feeling of wind going through the song and airiness flowing through his music. Now, when you see a painting as beautiful as that one, and you think, try to write any <laughs> sort of description yeah. of a beautiful painting. Because for me, yeah. uh, uh Writing about paintings is is really hard, harder than than having a podcast about music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. you, you can discuss music for hours. It's fun. It's easy to talk about at some yeah. point. But um, to describe a, a painting, it's it's hard work. Imagine writing a song about a painting and actually try to uh, explain how you feel about the artist's. Feelings. You're describing yeah. someone else's feelings based on what they've painted. Based on a vision. Uh, yeah. So, 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 so for me, this this song is an artist connecting with the soul of another artist through his work. Wow. Yeah, it's great point. It's just, it's just absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Fantastic. That's a really good point, man. One thing I wanted to talk about about this song as well was. Um, isn't it just like a lullaby that you might hear at night? You know, I can just imagine, you know, I can imagine it being the song that a lot of fathers might sing to their kids before they yeah. go to sleep, you know. Um, talking about the, um, the, the instrumentation, so this is what I also got from the documentary. Check out all the instruments that were added. Harpsichord, oboe, harp, strings. All of these were added. And here's a quote that they said, that producer Ed Freeman said, we had to record it all to know what to take out. Oh, wow. So, so that's, that is, that's like the furthest extent of our quote, isn't it? It's like less is more, but let's put more in so we know how how much less to, to, I, to finish it with. I'm tell, I'll tell you this, uh, and that's uh, 
um, for anyone who's not familiar with uh, recording and producing music, that's more common than you might think. Yeah. Uh, to the point I was watching uh, an interview with one of my favorite drummers, Abel Laborio Jr., who plays drums for Paul McCartney, also played with Sting and uh, loads of famous artists. He said that about 70 75% of everything he recorded has never been released. <laughs> wow. Different takes that ne never became the song, yeah. entire songs that were just not uh, never made it to the album. So that happens with arrangements. You know? So you record a lot of stuff and then you decide to, no, and I'm not going to use this. But again, if you only have them in your, in your, in your head, it's not enough. You need to, you need to hear it. And then yeah. say, no, this doesn't work. Also, you need to, uh, uh, to not be controlled by your ego because you might have recorded such a beautiful melody or, or riff or something. Say, no, no, this is all, this is great. But it does not work for this song, and mm -hmm. I'm and I'm going to take it out. So that's that's not not an easy decision to make. And I I just have the feeling that they made all the right decisions for for the whole album. Yeah, yeah. It there's is. not really a moment where you think, oh, do you know what? This song could be better if this happened. Um, you can tell a lot of care has been put into it. And actually, when you hear him talk, Don McLean, when you hear these interviews, he is a very confident and forthright man he he knows what he wants and but 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 that doesn't that didn't seem like the case at all from when this album was being recorded because they've openly spoken about arguments between him and the producer where the producer was constantly trying to get thing get get I'm not, I don't want to say the producer was trying to get him to put more instruments in, but there was those kind of arguments where the producer would really push his his thought onto Don and Don would fight back. There was quite a bit of tension between them, uh, so I hear. Um, but but great albums are usually... Uh, uh, a good result of conflict, isn't it? Yes, exactly. So yeah. you just everyone is trying to to uh, to maybe impose their ideas or... or, or, or you know, have their ideas as the final product, but it, it, it might not work. And, and and if there's no conflict, if there's no argument and no uh, uh, contradiction, then you might not achieve a good result. If you just go yeah. with the first idea and if everyone just says, yeah, just let's, let's just follow this one guy and never question anything. So that's, that's, that might not be good enough. So, yeah, exactly. Um, moving on, we've got two more left to do, I think. Uh, we've got Sister Fatima and The Grave, uh, yeah. unless there's any others I haven't... Uh, well, there's there's well, there's well, there's a lot of... Uh, uh, um, well, we, we didn't talk about all of them, but I, I actually want to talk a little bit about this, uh, the song Crossroads. Uh, oh, yes, the, we forgot. Yeah, sorry, my bad. Yeah, go on. Yeah, because, yeah, we're not following the order, so we yeah, might, yeah, we might yeah, forget a couple of things. Crossroads, for me, is there's a lot about... Uh, um, I don't I don't have the lyrics right in front of me now, so I'm gonna which is good because I'm gonna tell you my impression of of it, uh, what I actually believe it is. Uh, so is it has to do with feeling like you don't belong in your reality, and you've heard of people like you, but you never met anyone like you, and then you 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 just can't find your place in the world, and then in your pursuit of finding that place, you you take the wrong the wrong way many consecutive times and it's just like but it doesn't really matter yeah. you know and, and in the end it feels like he found someone and they both you know taking the wrong way again taking you know the wrong direction but it doesn't matter because we, we're here we're together and you know and we need to try you know we need to go uh, uh you know go through uh, uh paths that we 
we don't know. So, uh, mm. and uh, is, is is that the the? Uh, it's just like saying in a poetic way what everyone says. You know, the journey is what matters, not the destination. So everyone says that those words like a million times. So, but he can deliver that information or that idea in such a beautiful poetic way that I don't think many songwriters can do. I think it, we know from the first song, especially how 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 deeply the death of Buddy Holly affected him. Yeah. Um, for him, it was literally the day the music died. We've heard that plenty of times in the first song. I wonder if he almost if he if he almost felt a sense of hopelessness in the world after because his hero's gone. I mean, I'm in a position now where a band, a, a, a heavy metal band, I, I listen to, um, a band called Polaris. Their guitarist died. A few weeks ago, he was 26 years old, um, and we don't know what happened. And it's just you kind of like and the, the thing is, is I'm really upset about it, and I, I I like the band a lot. I've seen them at a festival a couple of weeks ago. Um, they're not by any means my favorite band, but they're a band that have had an Im- an impact on me. And so, for one creative aspect of that band to have so tragically and suddenly died is quite upsetting. Yet, Buddy Holly was a like a huge figure in Don McLean's musical world, musical life. So what effect do you think that had on him going forward? Well, I think that's, uh, um, it makes you question, like, is it worth doing anything? And what's, you know, what's the, what, what's the whole meaning of, you know, going out there and trying really hard to achieve a musical career and, and get somewhere with your music and you're going to die. You might even die in a tragic way. You might have wasted your whole life trying to do something, whatever. I think there's a lot of that. And there's a lot of, uh, um, if you admire someone to that level and they die, um, it does leave that gigantic uh, empty space in your heart and you just don't know what to do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. But there's also recognizing the uh, the legacy that that person has left. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact he, the I think he found uh, um, a way out of that sadness or a certain relief for it uh, by writing songs about it. Okay, yeah, I'm yeah. sad, I'm I'm suffering, but it, but I can make music out of it. That's a legacy as well. So he's leaving his own legacy based on someone else's legacy, and I think that's that's beautiful. And and, and uh, that, that's like we said with empty chairs. Part one person sees a song, writes another song about that song. Yeah, exactly. They cover it's, that it's, song based and on it's the a cover. Chain, <laughs> as I said, it's a chain of events, and it yeah. will never end because true artists will never stop writing songs about their feelings, yeah. and there's nothing more human than that. There's nothing more natural than that. If you're an artist, you're not going to just talk about what you're feeling. You're going to put it down in words and you're going to release as a song. Yeah. And I think he did that so well. Uh, one one song that is particularly sad is uh, The Grave. This is the mm. song, the one before the last. Yeah, yeah. Um, song number eight uh, on the album. Uh, sorry, uh, there are 10 songs, including oh, America. 10, sorry. Yeah, so, uh, so this is track nine. Yeah, track nine, sorry, yeah. Got the, the wrong uh, count. That's okay, yeah. So, no um, so The Grave, uh, although there's a lot in the album, there is open to interpretation. He wanted his music to be interpreted interpreted by people in any way they wanted. He's, he, he said that in, in 
quite a few interviews like yeah. i don't want to i don't want to explain my songs in detail i want people to you know make whatever they want out of them yeah. but the grave is is very clear it's it's it describes in detail a horrible death in the battlefield yeah but he it's a dream didn't he yeah and it's it's just and there's a line the earth is my grave and that's really 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 sad when you think about it people die in the battlefield so um, and the, my favorite uh, line from that song is eternity knows him and he knows what we've done so about like countries or not countries governments you know, and, yeah, and the yeah. military sending young men to to battlefields to die you know uh, and it's like a, it, it's it's just one of those things that we talked about this like about this last time it's like he it hasn't stopped. Still happens, and it's still um, shocking to me that people die in battlefields up to this day. And mm. uh, that you know, it seems like there's no end to this. And and the fact that he put that in in, in a song, in such a that was for me straight to the point. You know, the earth is my grave, and describing how the the, the young man is is dying in the battlefield. Uh, it's well, it's sad, you know, but it's, yeah. but it's like the thing is, why uh, maybe I would avoid writing about this because it's so I, I don't know if I could. I don't, I don't know if many people could write about such a sad story and just and make it sound beautiful. Mm. He makes uh, Don McLean's music turn sadness into something beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a really great point. That's a lovely quote there, um, because it really does. This song he wrote, uh, if I'm not mistaken, about the the Vietnam War, obviously, yeah. because we're, we're at the height of the war at this stage, 1971. Um, I, it's, I've said this loads of times recently because we've done quite a few albums about America during the 70s, so Vietnam comes up a lot, and I'm watching this really fantastic documentary by Ken Burns on it, called Vietnam uh, or the Vietnam War or something and just gaining an insight into all the all the stuff that went on outside even outside of Vietnam in terms of the politics behind it and you can see why people like Don were upset about what was going on yeah. he went he he was he was sent he 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 went to be drafted into the war but he got sent back because of his asthma oh wow so he didn't go to fight and I think in the weeks after that, when the I, I, yeah, don't quote me on this because I'm, I'm most definitely not correct. I'm just saying what I've what I've interpreted. I think in the weeks after he came back, he felt a sense of guilt because he was seeing on the news all these people his age dying, and he had a dream about an Irish soldier, oh, an Irish American soldier who went to Vietnam and died uh, on the front line within like a week. And of that's where the song came from. Yeah, my earth is the uh, the earth is my grave or something. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Deep stuff, isn't it? Really... It's it, 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 there's a. Uh, I think this album is is mostly sad, but there's a certain balance. You know, some parts of the song "American Pie" and some uh, uh, some other parts of the album are um, a bit more like optimistic and mm. and and uh, and happy. I would say, but it's for me, it feels mainly like about sadness and and hopelessness. But. Um, I was listening to this again this week on headphones. So I was listening to it today on headphones. 
tra traveling around town on the, on the underground. And you can't think of something less poetic than being on the underground uh, in London. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's the wrong kind of music, isn't it? In the heat in a crowded uh, train. But you put your headphones on and you listen to that acoustic guitar and to those beautiful lyrics and melodies, it does take you to a completely different world. And even though the content of the lyrics and, and, and the stories behind the songs are really sad, it, it makes you feel better in a certain way. Mm. Makes you, I, I, think, I think the same way uh, he's talking about how tragic was Van Gogh's life, but how beautiful was his art. So I think Don McLean was basically telling us that reality is not perfect, it's sad, and people are evil, but music is beautiful, and we need yeah. to celebrate that. There's, that's really interesting, because even, it's funny you bring that up, because it is you, you are correct. There's recently, I told you about this album, actually, my, one of my all-time favourite bands, Avenged Sevenfold, have just released a new album yeah. called Life Is But A Dream, and the whole context, the whole premise of the album is about existentialism, uh, it's way deeper than what I'm about to describe, but it's basically like, you know, not what is the point of life, but it's just question it. Think, yeah. why are we here? Why are we on this earth? What is the point? You know, there, there's lots of negativity, you know, materialism, existentialism. Um, but on top of that, there's a positive song about how, you know, despite all this stuff, love will go on forever. And it's so funny because I've been dealing with that kind of uh, question in my life over the last two or three years, you know, just questioning, you know, ultimately when I think, you know, I listen, I'm, I'm like anyone, I'd love to earn as much money as possible. And whenever I have a nice amount of money, I want more because, you know, they say money can't buy happiness, but you know, who are they kidding? You know, money can yeah. buy you a comfortable and a lovely life. Um, but, but in the end, you know, you can be the richest man on the planet, but in, in, in a hundred years, that's not going to matter. No. In a thousand years, it's not going to matter. And so this album, this Avenged Sevenfold album, we were listening to it. And I was, and so me and my wife, Dash, we listened to it. And she's been having these thoughts as well. But she's only started thinking that way in the last six months or so. And I've been thinking about it for two years or so. We listened to the album together and we had the lyrics in front of us. And she, we finished the album and she said, this makes me so sad. And I said, this makes me so happy. Because we're both on the same journey in yeah. terms of figuring this this existential question out. But I'm two years down the line than her. So I've gone the full circle. I've gone, oh, this is so depressing. Oh, do you know what? This isn't yeah. so bad. I get what they're talking about. Wow, I understand it. So when I heard them sing about this song, I would sing this album. I was like, I get it. And Dash was still at the the bottom part where she was like, this makes me so upset. So it was just funny how we're both on these different journeys, but we both interpreted the same album to different extents because the lyrics meant different things to both of us, even though it was one premise. Yeah. And I think the same can be said here for Don McLean, how we can interpret these things. We can come away from Vincent feeling really sad about this man's life. We can come away um, from American Pie looking back on what America could have been, how had this not happened, had that not happened. But I think an important thing is to look and say, you know, whatever happened, whatever has happened in the past happens. You've got to look to the future. And I think a large part of this album, I've, I've written something about this in my monologue for the end, but a large part of this album is, it's like looking back and, and, and looking at what could have been 
but at the same time saying this is what's here now. Let, let's let's look at this for example, okay? One critical element that I think we mentioned in last episode, but we haven't actually mentioned today. Let's look at a brief sort of summary of music at this time. 1971, the Beatles have broken up. Yeah. Each Beatle is now on a solo career. Yeah. This is what this was happening more. The rise of solo singer-songwriters coming up. You've got uh, James Taylor, Carole King, uh, Don McLean doing it in America, and you've got Elton John, Cat Stevens, John Lennon, George Harrison, Paul McCartney, all doing it in the UK. You've got these singer-songwriters coming up. This, the year before this album's released, three key musicians die. Hendrix, Joplin, Morrison. Wow. I think that... I know he hasn't written a song called Jimmy, like he's done a song called Vincent, but I think generally... You can look at this album as Don McLean turning his head, looking back at the past and thinking, wow, a lot of stuff has happened. Vietnam, this, that, these deaths, Beatles breaking up, whatever. But he's saying, this is the way, forward is the way. Because we can't can't let the past stop. Well, you can't. Stop us in our tracks. You can't bring Buddy Holly back to life, but you can write a beautiful song about him. Yeah. So that that's basically what he's done. And uh, you might feel really sad about uh, Van Gogh's life, but you can appreciate his paintings, yeah, and you can yeah. also write a beautiful song about him. Which so I think I think this album. Um, I must I must tell you that I I wasn't familiar with the album just a couple just the the two singles, and. When you suggested it, I didn't know what to expect, and I loved it. I loved oh, every brilliant. single part of it, the whole oh, concept, God. the lyrics, and it's just it, it. And it made me slow down every time I, I've listened. I, so you know, in the, it's, living in the big city, and you never have time for anything. Every time I've listened to it over the last two weeks, I would simply slow down, take it easy, take a deep breath, and enjoy my day. Because you know, uh, it, yeah, that's that's the feeling that the album uh, 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 brought me, and it's yeah, yeah, amazing. Really, thanks for that, brother. <laughs> that's okay, no problem. Yeah, a quick note, um, just about the grave is actually the song got an, a sort of another wave of um, famousness because in two thousand three, yeah. George Michael covered it as a oh. protest against um, the U.S. Uh, in nice. the Iraq wars. Interesting. Yeah, so it was a very, became a very political that, song. Put that on the description as well. So, uh, yeah, yes, of I, course. I, yeah, I, I need to check that out. I, I, ne- I never heard his version of it. Yeah. Um, the only song we haven't touched, uh, we've got two we haven't touched, Winterwood, which actually I think is a lovely song, but I haven't made any notes. I think it's just for a, me. A really for me, song. it's the, well, there's more percussion in that one. And it's the, for me, it's the um, the happiest song in, in the album because it it's about, well, he, he mentions lots of nature in it but it's about feeling naturally happy in someone's presence you know and that that one i don't see anything negative about that one that's just a beautiful love song i think yeah it does bring a lot of uh, a lot of light and this like uh in 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 the middle of the darkness of some of the songs in the album but when i say darkness i mean the 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 themes might be sad but the songs are all beautiful yeah. yeah. Um, the last song then is Sister Fatima. And I found this one really interesting because just, actually, do you want quickly? I just want to talk about his guitar playing because the guitar playing is phenomenal, isn't it? He is he just is. master of it. And 
I'll put a, I'll put a playlist. Uh, I'll put a song in the playlist. But it almost has a, a classical vibe, doesn't it? Yeah. It, it feels like I know that there's folk guitar players. I know you've got people like Cat Stevens and James Taylor who do their their kind of folky guitar thing. But then you've got the other end, you've got the kind of classical guitar playing, like John Williams. He's a fantastic. And it feels like Don McLean's kind of sitting in the middle. His playing is so accurate. It's yeah. so perfect. And he plays so softly and delicately. It, it, in a time, in a time just, where yeah. you actually had to play well, there's no, <laughs> yes. you know, the editing and all, all the technology we have nowadays, uh, they definitely didn't have in the past. So if you're recording acoustic guitar, and if you want to do one good take of it, you need to have a good uh, technique. And he, he had one. Yeah, he had it. Yeah. Um, but just sorry, go back to Sister Fatima. Yeah. I thought this was really interesting, this song, because it really played with the harmonies and the chords. Yeah. Very unusual. Whereas the other songs did have changes. You know, when you think of uh, Vincent, it's all quite sort of, the music is quite consonant, the, the, although, the, the, although the lyrical content is quite sad, music agrees with you until a certain section is now I understand. And then it goes minor, you know, it, there's loads of changes like that through the album, but sister Fatima in general had very unusual chords, almost jazzy mm. compared to the rest of the album. Um, you've got dissonance in the verse with the violins, clashing with the guitar and the voice but then it resolves quite nicely which again is the premise of jazz create tension and resolve it and that's and so you can hear his jazz influence right there yeah exactly which, which um, the guitar solo of that song again very unusual harmonically and i think it actually provides a nice break in the album um because as good as it is it's on a consistent path like you kind of you're staying I'm not saying it doesn't get better or worse or anything, but you stay on a consistent path and the songs have a general feel to it. But this one's really weird and it kind of breaks it up. It's, it's almost psychedelic that it kind of just pauses for a minute in terms of what we're used to. And then once that's done, we go to the grave and then Babylon, which again, although they're unusual, it's still familiar compared to Sister Fatima and then the rest of the the the, the, the start of the album, isn't it? Yeah. But it's, because of all those elements, I believe this is an album that you should listen more than once if you want to. Yeah, and and at the same time, right? From start yeah. to finish. Yes, yeah, start to finish a <sighs> couple of times or more if you Brilliant. want to understand what the album's all about. Yeah. Um, great. Do you have any other thoughts, bro? Anything? No, I, I have one thought in my mind. I want to hear a monologue. Okay, all right. Well, let's get to that. Um, there's one more point. Actually, one, a little section I had in my notes that I forgot to mention. Well, I did mention it was the artist versus producer. Yeah. I said lots of arguments and heated debates over the arrangements and instrumentation. But one thing I did forget to mention was Ed Freeman, the producer, in this documentary, he says he was very critical of Don McLean and he was remorseful that he wasn't, wasn't more supportive. Yeah, and and I, I watched, this isn't a quote I read, I watched him say it from the documentary. He said, you know what, I, I could have been more supportive. I was very critical of him. I thought he was just kind of this young up-and-comer who thought he knew it all. But actually, you know, it turns out his ideas his ideas worked. Well, maybe, so, but um, maybe his, um, you know, uh, uh, maybe him being harsh to him, it, it really pushed the boundaries, you know. Like you said, it. it could have produced, couldn't it? This conflict yeah, exactly. could have produced. Yeah. Um, anyway, excellent. Let's get on to my monologue then. <clears throat> So for me, Don McLean has presented us with an emotional roller coaster of an album. Through the highs and lows of his lyrics, we are taken on a journey of love, admiration, death, 
sorrow, mourning, and the beauty and downfall of America. Whilst it's quite melancholy, whilst it's quite a melancholy album, there are also lots of positives in there too. I think the album has a general theme slash feeling of looking back on days gone by with fond memories and not knowing what the future holds. For example, the breakup of the Beatles, the deaths of Hendrix, Morrison and Joplin, the Vietnam War, but turning to see the fresh pastures up ahead in the future. For me, the softer songs, American Pie excluded, are the highlights. First reason for this is the tone of his voice. It's just so soft, warm, comforting. Uh, and secondly, the melodies. They're never as simple as other melodies in this genre, in this kind of Americana singer-songwriter genre. They always take you on a journey. I find them so interesting. And my favourites are American Pie, Vincent and Empty Chairs. It feels like a humble album. It doesn't feel like he has tried to change the course of music with this album, yet the results and inspiration this music has given to countless other songwriters speaks for itself. A remarkable album, and if we're being honest, it probably stands up as the elite because it's got that one song, American Pie, on there. But if you dig deeper and you look into the lyrics, you'll see that lyrically and musically, this album really is one for the ages. Amazing. I think, um, yeah, again, you were spot on with that. And, uh, Thank you. <laughs> and it's, yeah, I think you captured the, the, um, the balance that the, the album represents between uh, uh, sorrow and hope, you know? Mm, yeah. And it's, that's it, isn't it? Because like, you know, we, we've said it, we don't need to repeat it, but whilst we can let the past dictate how we feel now, there is the future to look ahead to. Yeah. It's so cool that you say that, like looking at the window, you know, yeah. <laughs> staring at the views. <laughs> I know, yeah, that's it, that's it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, it does make you think, doesn't it? It's just, you know, we're not sat here regurgitating stuff. These are our thoughts that we've come up with. And, you know, the, these phrases that I'm saying, like, you know, the, the font days gone by, these have just come to me. It's not scripted. Yeah, an album like this, you can't make a, you might try to make a technical analysis of it, but it's, it's just... It's just pure poetry to me. It it's about, it's literally how it makes you feel, isn't it? Yeah. How it makes Absolutely. us as individuals feel. Someone else, someone who doesn't like this music might have a different thing from it. Someone who loves Don McLean and everything he's done might have a different inter interpretation than we do. But us just having heard this one album with the research we've done, with what we did back American Pie, the song last week, this is our takeaways from it. And um, yeah, and that's what we've enjoyed. We hope you enjoyed this uh this journey with us uh it feels quite deep i feel quite emotionally exhausted <laughs> yeah, so let's I let's talk about something lighter now let's say uh i, I just want uh we, we said as a medium time so uh if you're listening to us uh you know find us on the internet <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> everywhere, on, do what everywhere. Said. make us make us happier now because we're a bit we're a bit down after yeah, talking about down. america pie so if you can make go and make us happier by going and give us a review on yeah. spotify or apple podcast then that would be greatly appreciated and the smiles will come back on our faces exactly um but in, in all seriousness guys yeah thank you for tuning in again and listening to another episode um also if you're watching on youtube we hope you're enjoying it you know we've got this new layout now we're a few episodes in uh where you can see i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm going to anticipate where I'm going to be on the screen. So I'm going to say where you can see the episode title up here and you can see our social media stuff down there. Um, we hope you like the new layout and the new thumbnails and titles we're doing and everything. We're really glad and happy to sort of re-energise our YouTube channels so that those who prefer visual experience can sit and see our faces whilst we chat. And it's just a, a bit more... Um, 
bit more involved than just sitting and listening. So, uh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead over to YouTube, hit like, hit subscribe, and you'll never miss out on an episode. So, um, yeah, once again, thank you for joining, everyone. Thanks for listening, thanks for watching, and keep on rocking, everyone. As usual, guys, take care, and long live rock and roll.